and he has basically his Rolo Tomasi moment where he tells, <laughs> yeah. uh, he tells Edward Norton, <laughs> That's right. he tells Edward Norton something uh, <laughs> that he's got to remember later. Welcome to Sincast, presented by CinemaSins. All right, everybody, welcome to the Sincast. This is Chris Atkinson from CinemaSins, joined by Jonathan Watkins from CinemaSins. Hello, hello. Today we're going to be doing a mini pod. Uh, really, I don't even know. Uh, motherly pod? Motherly pod. <laughs> Mother pod? Moth pod. I don't know. Of motherless Brooklyn. Um, this movie uh, directed by Edward Norton, written for the screen by Edward Norton and directed by Edward Norton. Um <laughs> And I'll say right off, it shows, and that I'm I'm going to say that's a bad thing, um, because and and not that not I'm, and and my grade might be surprising after that opening, yeah, yeah. but uh, it, it shows that Norton. I, I think Norton should be acting in the either acting in this movie or directing this movie. Okay, uh, because there are there are times where I feel like he's a little bit too overindulgent about things yeah um as a performer i always love watching him on screen Mm -hmm. so uh but i feel like if this could i feel like somebody else directing this would have made this movie better yeah i norton's an interesting one because not that i don't know that other than I mean, nothing's ever really come out about him as far as like he's inappropriate or anything like that, but he's always been considered a hard person to work with, mm-hmm. I think. Um, but but even with that being said, I I mean, I it's always really interesting to see what kind of roles he takes because um, I, I think he is a really talented guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and he just doesn't do as much lately, so I was really excited to see him in this. He's apparently been trying to get this made for about 20 years, the... It's based on a novel from 1999 by Jonathan Lethem, mm-hmm. um, which I guess at the time was a was a pretty big selling novel. Mm-hmm. Um, I read it maybe 15 years ago, mm-hmm. and I really didn't remember much about it. I even forgot that it was set in modern day mm-hmm. because the movie is set in the 50s. Mm-hmm. So um, I forgot that the book itself was actually set in 1999. So that hmm. was kind of an interesting choice. Uh, he made on his, I'm just double checking. That is, yeah, fifties. Okay. But, um, so I, you know, but something, but it's always interesting when you hear about a movie, it's taken this long to get to the screen. You're like, you know, what was it in it that he saw that he just wanted to do? Was it just a vanity project? I mean, I guess it was just a character he really wanted to play. I had read some reviews that said he's going over the top in here and I didn't get that sense. Me either. Uh, watching this. I thought that, um, I thought that when I saw the trailer for this, because that's what they were highlighting right at the top, Mm -hmm. I thought, oh, God, this is going to be one of those. This is going to be, you know, Thomas Jane in that last Predator movie or whatever. You know, (laughs) it's going to be like something like that. Uh, But I I feel like he does it in a realistic manner, and it didn't really get to the point where I thought, oh, he's just going crazy here. Yeah, and I'm trying to remember, does he even say Tourette's? Because I feel like he gives, like, there's a couple of instances where he talks about it. He doesn't know what it is. Oh, that's right. That's right. So he definitely doesn't say that. Yeah. And I I thought it was actually really interesting. There's a a great scene with him and... uh, 
Gugu Mbatha-Raw. Mbatha-Raw, mm-hmm. yeah, who, uh, who I love. But um, Oh, yeah. Uh, we can talk about her in a minute. But um, there's a scene where he's talking to her in the car, and he's trying to just kind of break down what the issue is. And he says it's like one portion of his brain mm-hmm. is fighting with the rest of his body. So when he's having a conversation with her, that part of his brain is concerned that the dollar bills in his wallet aren't evenly, you know, aren't, right. aren't in there correctly. And I thought that was really, I, I, I liked that. Like, I thought that was really interesting. And I guess you could argue that it doesn't really affect the movie per se. Like, why does he have it? But I kind of almost think that's kind of the point. Like, mm-hmm. it really shouldn't matter. It's, yeah. just, it's just part of who it's he matter is. matter of fact, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, what we have here is a really complex mystery. And I... I would say, I would venture to say so complex that I don't think anybody's going to get it all in the first viewing. Probably not. I mean, I don't know. Did you? I mean, I got the gist of it. Um, I, like I said, I'd read the book, but I didn't really remember enough to know if they even, I mean, I'm guessing they kind of stuck to the same storyline other than the setting. I mean, yeah, the, but, the gist um, one is one thing, but there are a lot of red herrings in this too. There are. I... One of the things I really liked about the movie, I liked how it was layered. Um, I know one another another. I think there's two things that are going to either sell you or you know move you away from this movie. I think Edward Norton's performance is one of them, mm-hmm. and then I think the other thing, I think the pacing and the length of the film, because I did I did see where people were saying they thought it was too long, mm-hmm. and I think that has to do with the complexity too, because if they you know they keep stretching it out, they keep bringing in new red herrings and things. Um, I mean, I'm sure if you cut out 20, 25 minutes of this movie, I might not have noticed, but it never, I don't know. It just never bothered me because I, I think the complexity of the mystery actually kept me interested, but I'm sure there's things I missed. The, uh, the part, the part that I think gets way too long and I think he is being indulgent on is the jazz yeah. club Yeah, when he's at the jazz club and there's about, I think there's three songs in total that play all, all <laughs> yeah, the way that, that might be right yeah um, I think you're right and 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 it does sort of set a mood i you know it reminds me of like talented mr ripley when jude law and matt damon are having those like nights out at clubs yeah. and everything like yeah, that yeah, yeah. although those felt a little bit quicker yeah. even though that movie's also got its length issues at times too but uh, but the movie reminded me a lot of like Chinatown. It reminded and... me a lot of Chinatown. And what's interesting is uh, Edward Norton was actually on Turner Classic Movies. I don't know if you saw this Mm-mm. on uh, this like this past weekend, mm-hmm. right after this opened. They had him on as a guest uh, uh, presenter, and um, he was doing like movies that influenced him for this movie. And he showed The Big Sleep. Mm-hmm. And he showed Chinatown. Yeah. And I found out about that after the movie, but I thought about both of those movies while I was watching this. Yeah. One. So uh, those were clear influences. And I think there is a part of the mystery that is very Chinatown. Mm-hmm. It's not the same thing, but it it make you're going to have a hard time not the, thinking about it. I mean, as soon as he goes to some of the places he goes to, yeah. like, for instance, this is, this is without spoiling anything, there are things about land in here yeah. and there is stuff about uh parentage in here yes. and it's just you know there's a lot of that in this movie and that might have been somewhat of the reason why he did it uh in the time period yeah that maybe he did. so maybe so and i mean i guess in the book i mean if the book had these same 
uh, elements to them. Obviously, the book was inspired as well, but yeah, maybe it had more of a modern day, you know, telling. Because uh, China Chinatown is in the it's in the fifties, right? It's I mean, it's nineteen seventies when the movie came out, but it's set in the fifties, right? I think so. It's been a minute since I'm I've seen. Pretty it, sure it is because the uh, it, those cars at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they're all like in those fifties yeah, stuff. Yeah. Obviously, if you bring up Chinatown, you also have to bring up L.A. Confidential, which owes a lot to uh which la confidential owes a lot to chinatown as well oh yeah 100 but i i would say this is more chinatown than la confidential and, and, and like chinatown and like la confidential i mean this is clearly it's a it's a neo-noir mm-hmm. uh, it's very much in the film noir tradition which is why the you know the big sleep kept popping up um it looks like chinatown actually is in the 30s oh so yeah even even farther back yeah but uh, still but not not modern yeah, not yeah modern day of when it was made but um but yeah no i i agree with you and that's also something i liked about this movie i lo- i mean i i love film noir so maybe i was just an easy candidate for this movie but um I loved those elements. I thought he I, he clearly has a love for the genre, mm-hmm. and I thought he did a pretty good job of of you know of setting the setting the mood correctly and mm-hmm. and everything. There's you know there's some performances and stuff in here that I could I could do without maybe, but um, overall I I really really like this movie. I was surprised at how much I liked it because it's not getting like great reviews. It's not mm-hmm. getting bad reviews necessarily, mm-hmm. but even the people that like it don't they seem to be more or less giving it a pass. Yeah. Whereas I genuinely really liked it. Like I thought there was. I, there's a like this is a movie I'm gonna revisit. This is the the thing when I was watching this is like I just haven't seen a movie like this in forever. Oh, that's 100 percent true. Just haven't seen a movie like this in forever, and I was I was really digging it. Like I said, it's going to be weird what grade I give this after I started off by saying Edward Norton you. shouldn't have even directed this, but uh, I'm gonna go ahead and give you my grade. I, I I think it's a solid B. Okay. Uh, I don't. I mean, I know that it seems like I get to B a lot, but um, but you know, a for me is something that's just yeah. outstanding and C starts getting into that territory where it's like, Oh, this is kind of almost trash. So yeah, it, yeah. so, so B is a, is a good safe grade. I think for this, uh, I haven't seen a movie like this in forever, a complex mystery, which I'm always a sucker for, yeah. uh, Edward Norton's performance is great. Um, and so uh, in the end, uh, the qualms I have with this are, are, are very small. Yeah. I, you know, I think, I think the, the, le- like the grade B or like, I guess you would say that's like a three star movie. Mm-hmm. That's almost kind of gotten lost in the mix because I feel like with social media, people either want to like praise something to the fullest or they want to, you know, they go the yeah. direct route. It's like, you just don't see like, I, like a three star movie is a really good movie. Like right. it's a solid good i mean you're you're gonna you'll probably watch it again if it came on or you might buy it you know i mean it's i think you're absolutely yeah. right about that the the idea that it, if you don't go to one stream extreme or another then you're being like a pussy or something yeah if you don't like just go ahead and say you're all the way for it or all the way yeah, against yeah, it yeah. so like you know i mean the the i the the point is and the reason why there was an article a long time ago from david wayne where he he did the, david wayne where he did the uh the top the top 10 middle movies of uh yeah of 2003 or whatever it was which an article which you can't find anymore unfortunately but uh he did that he did a 10 that most movies are in the middle 
Yeah, I remember, I remember that. That was great because I think he had changing lanes on there. Yes. Which is, which is one I always go to that nobody ever talks about. But that's right. A, that's a great example of like a perfectly good movie that's maybe it's not great. Mm-hmm. But it's still a movie I will watch a lot, you know. Yeah. Um, but I'm a little higher. Um, I'm right now. I'm going to go with an A minus. Okay. Um, like I said, I think I think there is a few things going on here. I think, like you, this is a movie I've never seen. Mm-hmm. I've done, no, sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> this is a movie I haven't seen in a while. Like you said, this mm-hmm. is a type of movie I haven't seen in a while. This is a movie that's perfectly in my wheelhouse. I love film noir. I love complex mysteries. Uh, I like Edward Norton. I love uh, Gugu. Oh, God, I yeah, Gugu and Batara. Gugu and Batara. I can never do that right. Um, then th- that one, if, going to her, she just lights up the screen. Yeah. Right? And she hasn't really gotten like that role or movie, I think, that she really needs. Yeah. I just think there's she should be a bigger star than she is. I mean, Beyond the Light is actually a movie from a few years ago that got a little bit of attention when it came out, mostly for her. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a great movie. This might be my favorite, um, at least movie she's been in. She was sort of like uh, her big time introduction was that Bell movie that yeah, came out. Yeah. Uh, but that was one of those, one of those weird. I don't, I, I don't know if I would call it genre, but it's a weird. I'm going to say genre for a lack of a better word, but a weird genre film that's looking for the Oscar, but is obviously not going to get Oscars. Yeah. Like it's a, got a limited release and it's got all the lavish yeah. production of an Oscar movie, but has no chance. Yeah. And, and that was the, that was her big introduction. And then she's been in a ton of stuff like Cloverfield paradox yeah. and things like that. Uh, I do wonder sometimes, and this is why people change their names so many times. Yeah. Her name is not household and may never be. Yeah. Just because of the way, you know, you have to go through all these like, you know, oh, it's 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 an easy name, but it's hard to remember. Yeah, it is. Mm. I, I, I totally agree. Um, I, I, I who knows? I don't know. I mean, I just feel like I'm, I'm trying to think of the person that she would like I would replace her, you know, like I would have her replace that's getting the bigger role. Mm-hmm. And I can't right now. But I just know I'm all and like and I never I never re- like she always is different too, which is what mm-hmm. I really like. Like it took me a minute to realize it was her. Yeah. I was just like, who is this? Like, this is, you know, this is a really good performance. And then I realized, oh yeah, that's her. Yeah. And, uh, but she's great in this. I love Edward Norton and stuff. So I'm going to give it an A minus. Mm-hmm. Like I said, future viewings, I could totally see that going up to an A, maybe going even down to a B plus, but I'm somewhere in that range. Yeah. Uh, this is one of the best movies I've seen in 2019. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll say that. Um, and uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing it again. And um, yeah, so that's kind of all the non-spoilery, I guess we can really do, or I can do. All right, well, let's uh, go ahead and hit some spoilers then. No spoilers! Kaiser's Luke's what? father is actually Darth Vader. She's the sister and the daughter. They just no, 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 no. I'm reading the books. I will say that I was behind the eight ball immediately on this movie because... Um, I was in an auditorium at my old theater, Hollywood 27, <laughs> uh, where, um, the, the light sequencing was off. So the lights went completely down during the trailers and then came up during the feature. So oh, I yeah. came out and, and said something about it. I missed a little bit of the Bruce Willis stuff. Oh, yeah. Bruce very, Willis is in this. <laughs> yeah. Bruce Willis stuff at the very beginning. Yeah. We haven't really gotten into all the actors yeah, yet. That's so true. I think that's fine. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but, uh, Bruce Willis is telling Edward Norton and Ethan Suplee, uh, uh, basically what the, the, 
the job is. He's going to go in. He's going to talk to some of these guys. He's been doing some private investigation yeah. work. That's they're a whole team of private investigators, essentially. Yeah, right? there's uh, there. Well, and I mean, at this point, there's five of them. So. Yeah. So you have Bruce Willis, you have Edward Norton, Ethan Suplee, Bobby Cannavale, and uh, Dallas. Uh, what's his name? He's on uh, Dallas Roberts. Yeah, Dallas Roberts. Um, and uh, so they're all the they they he. So Bruce Willis is about to go in and do and have this meeting with these people, and Edward Norton is going to listen uh, through a phone call on the, in a phone booth. Yeah. While uh, you know Bruce Willis, I guess, calls the uh, phone booth and like lifts the receiver yeah. and everything. So Edward Norton basically is going on information. He's bare, like he's hearing, mm-hmm. but he's really good like remembering things. Yeah, he's almost like a savant. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I, I guess maybe this is one thing where some people might step in and be like, that's not accurate. I don't know if it is. Well, he's I, got. Well, yeah. I mean, if that's the truth, then he's got three different things going yeah, on. He's yeah. got Tourette's. He's got. Uh, he's got. Um, I guess obsessive compulsive disorder or whatever. Yeah, because he's kind of. I mean, he kind of reminds you of something like like Monk or something. Yeah, Cause he's a, mainly because he's a detective. But you know that 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 there's definitely some OCD there. Yeah, which that might be. I don't know much about Tourette. Yeah, so. and I don't. I don't either. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, he can remember all these things. He knows that this meeting, how whatever the information is being given, it's uh, he's his his uh boss is basically in trouble. Yeah. And, and, you know, you see this in the trailer, even though we're in spoilers, but you see this in the trailer, he gets shot, Bruce mm-hmm. Willis does, mm-hmm. and he has basically his Rolo Tomasi moment where he tells, <laughs> yeah. uh, he tells Edward <laughs> yeah, Norton, that's right. he tells Edward Norton something, uh, <laughs> that he's got to remember later and everything. And, and so there's like little clues that he's got to remember. And you can see these done like in these weird, like film flashback things yeah. where he, it's like, he's rewinding a tape in his head yeah. and everything. But, uh, but yeah, based on very little information, uh, he's got a, he, he's, he's, he's really obsessed with like trying to figure out why he was in that situation, why he got shot. What's this, what is yeah. this mystery? Essentially they, they don't even, he doesn't even know what the mystery is. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of interesting too. And because like you said, there's, there's, uh, there's three other people at that work with, or it's four. Wait, there, okay. There's three other people that work with Edward Norton at the PI place along with, um, Bruce Willis's character. Bruce Willis dies. So there's four of them left. Bobby Cannavale kind of takes over. Mm-hmm. And there's a scene where he's basically like, okay, you're going to do this. You're going to do this. And, you know, we're going to, we're going to keep, you know, doing these cases so we can get stuff in. And then Edward Norton just kind of decides on his own. Mm-hmm. I, there's something not right. So I'm going to, you know, and that annoys him. So he's going to try to look more into it. And um, so the mystery itself or the, the, the case itself, just I, not that he just lucks into it, but there are a few things early on the, in fact, the the thing he whispers to him that actually bugged me because he thinks he says Formosa, yeah, which right. is not what he says, but that still <laughs> leads him to a place that he needs to go, yeah, because you end up finding out which he he says Formosus, yeah, but it, the Formosa is that the name of the jazz it's, club? No, no, it's oh. it's it this it's even worse. This is the probably <laughs> the worst plot point of the whole movie, and it's funny because I was walking out of the theater. And this thing popped into my yeah, head. Yeah. This very thing. Yeah. I was like, so wait a minute. <laughs> he said for Moses, but he went to Formosa and that had nothing to do with anything. But 
He just happens to have. I guess he he puts a matchbook. He's the the oh, the yeah, waitress. Okay, yes. yeah. So there's a know. waitress at the Formosa <laughs> asks for a light, and it's yeah. kind of flirty and everything. We see this in the trailer as well. Yeah. And he keeps lighting a match and then blowing it out. Yeah. Lighting a match, blowing it out because it's got to have a certain sound or something, or else yeah. he doesn't he he doesn't think it's good. Um, the bartender notices his box of matchbook yeah. and sees the thing that says uh, B A. With something where, oh, by the way, that's uh, the, the, you should check out this club. That's, that's the jazz club. Then yeah. he checks out this club that's in Harlem. It's a jazz club and uh, starts getting deeper into this mystery. And he knows that he knows that they are looking for a black woman. Uh, he, I mean, Frank was looking. Frank, who, who's the Bruce Willis character, is looking for a black woman, and he knows that there's certain things about this mm-hmm. this uh, this this club and. And uh, but he doesn't know what certain initial. He doesn't know what the B A is, which ends up being the Brooklyn. Uh, God, what is it? Brooklyn something. It's a it's a government. Yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. It has to do with the whatever the city planning. Or yeah, whatever. it's a city planning. Yeah. And there's and much like Chinatown, uh, this is one of those things where the people of power are are finding ways to buy up land cheaply and moving people out. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean cuz I mean Chinatown had to do with like well it had to do with land, had to do with water. Yes. So they in yeah, China similar. in Chinatown the, the 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 initial thing is that there's a drought and then they're they're moving the water to other places in California. Yeah. And they're buying this land that's useless cheaply. Yeah. And then and then stand to profit yeah, big yeah. once the once they bring the water there. Uh, and this one is, I don't know if it gets that complex because this is mo- mo- mainly just, yeah, this was mostly, uh, from what I understood, they were, uh, tearing up, uh, low income housing and trying to turn it into something different. But then in some, but that, that got a little confusing when you're talking about the complexity of the mystery. Some of this confused me. Yeah. Maybe if I watch it again, I'll catch it. Yeah. But it felt like, cause there was one moment where he goes to this one place that he doesn't even think anybody lives there. Mm hmm. Um, which that's another thing where he kind of lucks into running into people that he needs to know for future. But, um, and then you find out that someone was living there and then I, they took it over and they were in the process of ripping stuff out, but then they just left it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's almost like maybe there's like, I don't know if there's like, it's falsified documents is the issue. You know, they don't, yeah. they don't really, or I missed it. If the whole thing you. about the land seems to be a big red herring yeah, because the main, sure. the main mystery. And since we're in spoilers, oh, so you yeah. have, uh, Alec Baldwin is playing, uh, this guy, Moses, uh, what is it? Moses was, his uh, name? let's see. Alec Baldwin, Moses Randolph, Moses Randolph. So. He's playing this this guy who's not the mayor of the town, but he's got a lot of different uh, titles, and he's really got the power in New York City, essentially. Yeah, that was that was actually a really funny scene though early on where they they announce him as two titles. Yeah, and then you see him storming into the mayor's office or or whatever it is later, and he's like, "Oh, you didn't you didn't fucking give me this title? What's up with that?" Yeah, and he's like, "Oh, we'll deal with it later." And he goes out like signs a piece, picks up a piece of paper, and then makes him sign it. This was a part, by the way, where I thought that if it this is where Norton shouldn't have been the director i i like i like the setup like the writing part of it uh but they show alec baldwin like just like from behind the entire time like he's and obviously he's this yeah he's this big he's this big cheese and i understand wanting to build up a certain character in a certain way and have some mystery about him but the way this is done was really in a slipshod manner i mean it was just kind of like 
who is this? I couldn't even tell yeah. it was Baldwin for a while. I just heard the voice, and mm-hmm. so I was like, is that Alec Baldwin? But then they didn't show him for a minute. But what was also weird about that, I didn't know. There was a there was a really like in the scene where Bruce Willis is uh in her, like Bruce Willis goes to that apartment and they see the people show up. There's that one guy that's like insanely large, like he's just like just insanely huge guy, and they shoot him kind of like that too. Mm-hmm. Although there's no reason to, he's not like a like a a guest cameo or anything. I mean, there's nothing to that character to where it makes sense that they shot him that way. And then they do the same thing with Alec Baldwin. So I don't really know what he was going for there or if it was just coincidence. It's done in such a bad, it's done, it's done in a bad way because I, I feel like if you're going to build up a character like this by not showing his face, it should be, I mean, it should just be done in a different way. I can't sit here and describe. I know, like, I, 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 I felt the exact same thing, but it is hard to put it into words unless you see it. Yeah. It's just, it's odd. And I love Alec Baldwin, but he's one of the casting choices I wasn't a huge fan of. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what it was, but I, not, not like Cardi B and Hustlers. No, no. But, but there was something like I never really bought him as a character. I just always kept, it's just like, it's Alec Baldwin yeah. yelling at me. Right. He does have, <laughs> he does have one great moment at the end, I feel like. At uh, the bathhouse? At the bathhouse. Yeah, that was the best scene. When he's sure. going through all of his, like, you know, this yeah. is what powerful people can do. And, and, uh, and it's just, I just ask for it and I get it and yeah. that type of thing. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, the main, the, the essential mystery of this whole thing is that, he fathered a child, which is mm-hmm. the Gugu Mbata Raw character, and obviously because of the racial issues, he doesn't want to yeah. be associated. And it's implied that he might have raped her, like he or he at least he, it, he was very aggressive. Yes, I would I would say that this is rape, and then and in yeah. the nineteen fifties. This is the way that they sort of sort of go toe that line yeah. where they're saying, "No, well, I didn't really do it." Yeah, she knew what she was getting into, and I just merely took advantage of the situation. But but that is great that uh, you know Norton's character just flat out says, "So you raped?" Yeah, him. yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and he's Lionel Esrog, by the way. If we haven't said that, oh yet. right, yeah, right, that's, that's Edward Norton's character. Um, yes. but yeah, I, I I think it's 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 one of those things where it's like, yeah, he definitely did, but with a 1950s sort of philosophy or, uh, or, uh, you know, way of looking of at things that it makes it where it's not right. It didn't even say something like, it's like, you know, I treated her well after that. I I sent her flowers. He said something like something along those lines. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's it's the, it's always the, uh, the justification of your, of your your actions. But, uh, yeah, by the end of this movie, this is it's what's so weird about it. None of that land stuff even matters. I mean, there's a uh, there is some things about it because uh, Baldwin's like right hand man guy is uh, yeah. secretly planning to screw him once the deals go through and everything. Well, and that's kind of how Edward Norton saves uh, uh, the the Laura Rose character, the the Gugu Mbatha Raw character. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. kind of how he saves her. And in a way, although at that point that was really weird too, because it, like I mean they've been trying to kill her mm-hmm. and and anyone associated with her, because I guess he felt that if all this came out, like that would ruin his whatever deal he's trying to make. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, once uh, once Lionel gives them that info on, um, I'm trying to remember who, oh, the Lieberman character, yeah, the the William Lieberman, which was uh, Josh, uh, I can't remember how yeah, to pronounce Josh his last name, Pice or whatever, he's, yeah, he's, he's been in a million, yeah, things. he's been in a ton of stuff. Um, once he gives them that information, you know, Baldwin's just like, okay, so you can keep her quiet then. He's like, yeah, he's like, all right, we're good. Yeah. 
<laughs> you're just like okay. and 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 what make what starts throwing monkey wrenches into all sorts of yeah. story things is you got Willem Dafoe playing uh, Baldwin's brother. He's also a red herring. Of yeah, sort of. huge red herring. Yeah. Essentially, like he's a he's a guy who he's like a bit he he was a he's a real smart engineer or yeah. something, and he just he never got he never got that break that yeah. he needed, and he he's he keeps pitching his brother some things that his brother keeps yeah. telling him no and and whatever and then uh, you have the uh, there was another um there was there's another character that i thought was just kind of like uh, oh well this wasn't confusing but uh michael k williams plays uh, plays one of the uh plays the musician yeah, at the yeah, jazz yeah, club the, yeah the trumpet player and uh and, and he he seems really important there for a while yeah. because he cuz it's like, oh, what does he know? He must, he's at that jazz club all the time, yeah. man. Blah blah blah. And really, he kind of, sort of helps helps Edward I, Norton. Yeah, he just kind of. It seems like he just kind of finds Lionel interesting. Yeah, because like, he saw him like you know dancing to his music. And You've all that got thing. a mind like yeah. I do, and things like that. Yeah, I really like it. And then, uh, and then Robert Wisdom is also in it. He yeah. plays uh, Billy Rose, who we think is her father, right? But he's actually her uncle because Moses is her father, which is the whole four Moses thing. Mm-hmm. Although why he would say four Moses, I, I don't know. Still, yeah. But, uh, but you know, he's 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 really good. This is a really good cast. Actually. Yeah. Fisher Stevens is in this. Yeah. For just like a couple minutes. Uh, Cherry Jones. Mm-hmm. You already mentioned Ethan Supley and Bobby Cannaval. So this is a really. Uh, it's a really nice cast. It's just, it's just, it's a really just good movie. Like I don't, I mean, I guess maybe it's not ever, maybe it's not a classic by any means. I don't know. I I feel like see, when I was watching this, I was like, man, there's some things about this I don't like, but I just, I keep it. It's got a, there, I guess there's a, uh, a, a gambler's uh, type of thing where there, where players or where you have, let me try to word this better. Yeah. Um, Whenever this is going to not seem like it uh, uh, relates to movies at all, but whenever you're playing daily fantasy sports, yeah, and you want to put certain players in your lineup to try to get the best lineup mm-hmm. for daily, you you uh, you refer to certain players as having a high floor, yeah, so that basically like it, no matter what happens in a game, no matter what the what's going on, they seem to always get good points mm-hmm. and stuff like that. This movie has a high floor. It yeah. just keeps on like it's like just when you're like oh, I'm kind of disappointed in this and this. Yeah, the story and the performances always bring it to that. <laughs> yeah, you know, and uh, and that's what that's what I kept that's what I kept uh, going through on this movie because there are parts that I don't like and then there are parts that I love and then it just goes back and forth. I feel like maybe in a few years we're gonna look back at this movie as something as like maybe it is classic. You know? Yeah, no, I, 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 yeah, I could definitely see that. I was trying to like think of something that's kind of done that in the last few years, and nothing's really popping in my head. But yeah, no, for sure, mm. I think this is definitely this could easily be like, especially like once the Oscars are announced, and maybe if this doesn't get that many nominations, I could totally see this being one people are like that got overlooked. And that's another thing, and I mean, and this is an unfair thing to hold against a movie, but like when a movie comes out on November first, and it's like this kind of cast, and it's Edward Norton's directing it, it's this. It's this big, like, kind of Oscar Beatty type performance. Mm-hmm. It's I think it's hard almost not to hold that against it, some, which is terrible. But it's like if this movie came out in April, I think we would be just talking about how good it is. Mm-hmm. But because it came out on November first, it feels like it has more weight to it. Mm-hmm. I guess yeah. you know, like it's shoot, it's going for something. Mm-hmm. 
the studio feels like it deserves it, to be here. You and know? that's that interesting thing about movies and time, right? Because yeah. the next time you see this movie, it won't have any of those elements. Exactly. You'll see it in a January some point, and you'll be like, whoa, this is really good. You're not thinking about the month. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but uh, it is, it's one of those movies that I feel like once we... I'm going to definitely see this again, not in theaters, but I'm going to see it again, and and uh, and it's going to be one of those movies that maybe perhaps grows on me. Yeah, when I think, and I think the complexity of it, it's it's one of those things that it's either going to get better or maybe worse with future viewings. I think, I mean, L.A. Confidential was obviously had a lot better reviews. L.A. Confidential is a better movie. Well, yeah, and it's yeah, L.A. Confidential but, is just a slam dunk. But it also is, it's just something I thought of because it's also a very complex. Mm -hmm. uh, type of mystery like this and um but it definitely flowed better and it's just a better movie but i mean but that's definitely looked back as a classic well and it's know? also the have you ever read la confidential uh yeah i i read it around when it came out so yeah it's been the, a minute. to adapt that book is an is absolute madness there's so much there's so much that he cuts and it's and still he manages to make this great movie, even though he's cutting certain, like, I yeah. think he cuts like entire, like an entire era out of LA yeah. Confidential. I, I Basically right. just sort of, sort of talks about it in, in, you know, just refers to it and just cuts out an entire thing uh, and, and makes this great movie out of it. Well, and then we've seen how you can also adapt Elroy poorly because Brian De Palma yeah. made a uh, black Dahlia. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so it, it is very impressive. That, and that, that's probably a bad example. Cause like you said, that was kind of a slam dunk from the get go, but I just, for some reason I can't think of anything, but, um, but I, I don't necessarily think this is probably going to really get Oscar love. It might. I mean, yeah, you know, I doubt it. And Norton, especially Norton might get a nomination. Maybe like I could see, like, actually I could see like the Willem Dafoe, or Alec Baldwin. Like, I can totally see Willem Dafoe getting nominated for this, and then people are pissed off because he didn't get nominated for Lighthouse. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Something like that. He's having quite the month, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, and he farts less in this. Oh, yeah, so that's we true. Should, we, should, true. we should point that out. If you, if you go see Lighthouse, be prepared for some gas. Some farting. <laughs> um... All right. Well, I, 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 I would say that we both liked this movie. You yeah. liked it maybe a little bit more than it, I did, it's, but it's well, it's kind of funny though. I feel like when we started talking about it though, like you actually started talking above your grade. I might have talked a little below yeah. mine, but I mean, there. But I mean, it's not perfect. No, no, no. Um, but I, it, but it's, but it's a movie that like I really enjoyed. I really want to watch again. Yeah. So obviously, I'm very adamant about it, and I think it is a better movie than I feel like the general good review for it is saying. I mm -hmm. think a lot of people are just saying, well, you know, they're just giving it a pass. And I, I just think it's better than that. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I don't think this is something like, um, I don't, I don't even know. Like I, for some reason I can't think it, I, there's really nothing I can really compare this to. Like you said, this type of movie hasn't been made in a while. Yeah. We haven't seen anything like this. I mean, one. LA confidential that might've been the last, you know, at least this type of scale. Yeah, maybe. Um, but uh, but yeah, no, it's uh, it's yeah, go see it. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, the the negative reviews I saw basically saying this this is hard to follow, and I can yeah. see that. Yeah, and I I can totally if people tell me they think it's too long and they you know it's not it's not a pace that they enjoy, um, I can't argue against that. Mm -hmm. I just it didn't bother me. That's all I can say. Right. Um, if you like this type of film though, if you're a noir fan, if you're a mystery fan, if you like Edward Norton and mm -hmm. uh or anything we've said, I think you're going to dig this. Yeah, I think so. Uh, all right. Well, uh, that'll do it for this mini pod. Uh, we'll go to Sincast presented by CinemaSins on Facebook. 
Uh, we have a SoundCloud. We have uh, Reddit. We have mm-hmm. uh, uh, Cinema Sins Twitter, Music Video Sins Twitter. You're on. Uh, yeah, you can you can talk to me on Twitter at, at Sam Loomis13. You can also hear me every week on Behind the Sins podcast with uh, Aaron Dicer and Danae Hughes. And uh, we're on Discord. Yeah, we're on Discord. Uh, if you want to get a link to Discord, uh, some you can go to either. I believe they were talking about it's on the Reddit page somewhere on the right side. You can there's a link that's there, uh, but you can also go to Facebook and private message me, and I will send you a link through that. Um, but uh, that'll do it for this one. It's Chris Atkinson and Jonathan Watkins. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Comment on our episodes on our SoundCloud page. Check us out on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Reddit. And be sure to visit cinemasins.com.